Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jersey Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. Thank you so much for joining us today and making the Jersey Educator Podcast part of your professional development network. This is the podcast created by the NJEA members for NJEA members. And today we have a great program for you. Jim, talk to us a little bit about our guest today. Absolutely, Jeff. On the show, we're welcoming uh, E.K. Chuku Anyema. He's a uh, chemistry teacher at East Orange Campus High School. Uh, He's been teaching five years, and uh, he's going to share with us uh, his thoughts around, uh, we're going to get into subjects such as social justice, institutional racism, and EK will share his uh, insights into that with us. It will certainly be a good conversation, especially uh, with all the stuff that's happening in the news. I heard it's been a hot topic recently, Jim, and we're going to look forward to getting into that with EK pretty soon. But uh, before we get into all of that stuff, there are some amazing things that are happening here at the beginning of our brand new calendar year. Tell us what's happening at the NJEA. Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, Early career members across the state continue to network and connect with each other and share. And on their page, uh, njea.org slash early career members, you'll find all sorts of events. Uh, The first one I'd like to tout is the final Political Action Sunday with our uh, Central Connection group. Um, That's Mercer County, Middlesex County, Hunterdon, uh, Somerset, and Ocean Counties. Uh, Members there have been getting together in uh, Starbucks and uh, Panera Breads on Sundays to talk about politics and their role in it. And the next one and last one is coming up on Sunday, February 5th. And you can learn more on uh, NJA.org slash early career members. Uh, another event coming up, uh, Jeff, is a, a, a bowling event. So uh, a, a networking opportunity, again, with our Central Connection group uh, coming up February 17th. It's going to be at a bowling alley in, uh, in New Brunswick, I believe, called Bolero. And it's uh, be a great place to come out and meet peers and uh, just network and connect. Um, you know, try to find a peer who uh, teaches the same subject as you in another county or find a member who has the same uh, job as you um, and just share stories and connect. So that's on February 17th. And uh, there is still room. And NJA will be uh, paying for a meal and uh, I think a drink or two also. So you can... Uh, learn more at NJA.org slash early career members. That is certainly great. And for those of you looking for a local conference, I uh, want to give a big shout out to everybody who was just down in Atlantic City at Texpo. We had two fantastic days of learning and sharing. Um, it, Texpo is essentially a conference where school districts get together and share some great things. So we have that, of course. Also coming up here is EdCamp Encore, uh, brought to you by the folks who uh, made up EdCamp New Jersey last year. EdCamp Encore is a great way to continue the conversation and to really, really get into things. So check out all the great stuff that's happening over at edcampnewjersey.net. Uh, there's, of course, several other great conferences happening here that you can find over at the brand new, uh, newly redesigned, uh, the education calendar. Jim, we talk about it every single week. Oh, yes, uh, we do. Big yep. shout out to two great teachers who recently took the education calendar and are using the new Google sites uh, to make the education calendar now. So check 
that out. Um, I've been recently trolling that website to find some things. Of course, there's some neat things coming up. Uh, Google Summits from EdTech Team and from our friends over at Kiker Learning. So there's a lot of great things happening here in the state of New Jersey to do so. And uh, that kind of brings us into our tech tip this week, which is really use your PLN. And, and what does technology have to do with PLNs? Well, Jim, you know that social media is important. Facebook is important. Twitter is important. And we can't say it enough. In fact, it was one of the big strands that we were talking about at Texpo, which is really using hashtags, meet up with people, reach out and find great resources, not only for your own professional learning, but also for your students. And uh, check out all the great stuff that's happening out there. If you haven't gotten onto the Twitter bandwagon yet, check it out today. Lots of good stuff today. But there is one more very, very important thing that you can do if you're out there listening to the show. Jim, you can subscribe to this very podcast. Tell them how to do that. Absolutely. Uh, we are on iTunes. Uh, just do a search for Jersey Educator. We come right up in all 26 of our episodes. Uh, leave a comment and uh, subscribe. Uh, you can find us on Google Play and uh, Stitcher the same way. And uh, we're also on uh, the web at njea.org slash podcast. Jim, tell us a little bit about our guest tonight. All right, Jeff. Our guest uh, this evening is a chemistry teacher at East Orange Campus High School in Essex County. Uh, he's been in education for five years, teaching in several urban areas, including Philadelphia and Newark. And, uh, you know, in addition to being an active member in NJA, he's also involved in NJA's Practicing Apprentice Program. Does a lot uh, around the state with community organizing. Jeff, uh, please welcome E.K. Chuku Onyema. Welcome to the program, E.K. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, you have a lot of stuff to talk about. Jim, where do you want to begin today? Oh, uh, Why don't we just start by giving us a little bit of bio. Uh, you know, tell us about what's currently going on at uh, East Orange Campus High School. My family is uh, of Nigerian descent. So I'm a first-generation educator. Um, I've uh, definitely been teaching for five years, but um, I haven't been teaching chemistry for all of those years. Uh, prior to teaching chemistry, I was an English teacher at the middle school level. Um, so those are a few details there. I'm um, at East Orange campus. Uh, we've got a lot of good things happening. Um, I enjoy teaching science. I've got an awesome team of fellow chemistry teachers. We have a, we have a great um, professional learning community that we meet. We meet up twice a week. I'm enjoying the apprentice program that I'm doing around the state. And uh, some of my colleagues are starting to see my appearances in the NJEA review. So I'm getting some props for that. Um, and um, I'm working on some uh, some career and technical education uh, pathway curriculum right now. I'm trying to beef up what we've got at, at the school. So those are just a few things. Great. And and before we get into some of those things happening at the school, we've mentioned now the NJA Apprentice Program twice. Uh, the the full name of that program being the NJEA Bolivar L. Graham Intern Foundation Practicing Apprentice Program. A little bit of a tongue twister there. Uh, E.K., would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about that program that's offered by NJEA? Yes. Um, 
I believe the program was originally conceived to uh, funnel in more underrepresented um, demographics into the leadership of the NJEA, that being primarily women and uh, teachers of color. So uh, it's been a privilege. I've been a member of that fellowship now since around August, and I've I've had really been the privilege to attend a lot of conferences around the state that I didn't even know existed. I'm learning a lot about the organization itself, just quite uh, how vast it is and how many awesome people are there doing some awesome things. And uh, it's really just deepened my appreciation for the association. And um, I'm looking forward to a, to a bright future with the association. Great. So this apprentice program uh, offers opportunities to women and NJA members of color, whether they be teachers or education support professionals, to uh, get, a, I guess, a closer look at the inner workings of NJA and um, actually, actually an opportunity to shadow uh, the, the participants of that program can, can um, shadow staff members and uh, participate in, in that type of uh, work. Would that be accurate? That's definitely accurate. Great. And uh, so, E.K., you mentioned um, yeah, you have some initiatives going on at school. I know before the interview we were chatting and uh, you talked about something called CTES. And you have a school initiative around that. Uh, yeah, um, it's still very much my project there is still very much in the beginning stages. But, um, you know, I think as a science teacher and as someone who thinks about, you know, the future of some of my students and kind of giving them a diversity of options, uh, some of which certainly would be college and career readiness. But um, for those who may not be heading toward college, um, just to, to leave high school in a way that um, they're prepared for employment and something that can support a family. So I'd like, I'd like to beef up the job tra- the job training opportunities that we have, and green technology is certainly something that's going to be there in the future. So I want to uh, to beef that up because right now it's uh, it's in need of a little bit of improvement. So it sounds like when you mentioned that, I thought of the word opportunity again, uh, in this case, offering uh, some technology career oriented um, experience to students. Would, would, would that be accurate? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, um, you know, there's a, uh, there's a company right now called Solar City. That does some uh, awesome work around solar panel installation. I've heard of Solar City. I think they're doing. They 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 were bought by Tesla recently, I believe. They absolutely were. Right, and, uh, right. You know, there could be an opportunity. And again, this is. I can't. I can't stress this enough. I'm just starting to ponder it and uh, talk to the right people about it. But, you know, through solar installation, there could be some curriculum and job training along with that. So, so you, in your role as an educator at East Orange Campus High School, are are seeing a need not being met, uh, yes. and you're trying to bring that to your students, and actually inviting in some, uh, trying to network with some partners who are in the industries and uh, team up to bring some new opportunities to students. That sounds really great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, EK, I know I, I've seen on Facebook um, 
something else I think you're involved in. It's an upcoming yeah. Ed Camp, which we've talked about a lot on this show. Um, yeah. Not not only you know, uh, and, and and certainly having Jeff here, uh, one of the founders of EdCamp New Jersey, but but your EdCamp uh, that mm-hmm. you're working on with um, with with some members is a little different. Yeah, um, April first, Saturday, April first, at Columbia High School in Maplewood, New Jersey. Myself and a team of educators will be hosting EdCamp Revolution. EdCamp Revolution. And the idea primarily behind EdCamp Revolution is that um, I think often in these spaces around EdCamp, you've got a lot of folks interested in innovation, uh, bringing technology into the classroom, and just really wonderful curriculum. But sometimes what's missing from that conversation are educators that are uh, passionate, critical around social justice themes and ideas. So we want to merge those two circles and see what kinds of uh, conversations and open space ideas can come out of that. Wow. So an Ed Camp all about social justice. Uh, Ed Camp Revolution, April 1st, Columbia High School. And if our listeners want to learn more, they I, they, they can Google that. Mm-hmm. Ch- check it out on Facebook. And we'll, we'll also put a link in the show notes. Um, nice. but, but EK, why don't we transition into this, this uh, term that you hear used a lot? Um, mm-hmm. nowadays uh, social mm-hmm. justice um, yeah. keeps coming yeah. up and for some of our listeners not really familiar with that you know do you mm-hmm. maybe want to talk about what is it and why is it important social justice uh, it certainly is a topic that is increasingly uh, gaining importance especially with our new friend in the White House right mm-hmm. but um sure think- sure I think if I had to simplify it, though, for those who are probably new to the term, uh, I would simply just say that the way that things are now uh, aren't fair, uh, aren't right, and more importantly, they do not always have to remain this way. Hmm. So whenever we identify uh, an issue of injustice, it could be these recent um, immigration bans or threats against Muslims. Uh, These are some of the latest in the social justice um, theme. We can acknowledge it for what it is, which is unjust, and then declare that it does not have to remain this way. And so it always posits uh, the importance of agency and the need to bring about some kind of social transformation. That's, That's how I understand social justice. And it sounds like you um, are involved in this, uh, not uh, uh, in our state, uh, working with your peers to make a difference and try to change the conversation. Yes, yes. Um, It's not something that anyone should dare embark upon alone. So it's always great when I have a number of colleagues and just friends in general who are willing to... uh, to identify needs and uh, create solutions to them. Last year, an example of that was a day of freedom school that uh, a number of folks and I uh, decided to uh, to put on because of a of a local instance of uh, police aggression towards some young kids that we felt was not addressed well by the uh, traditional means. So we decided to enlighten the community uh, alongside 
those very same high school students who co-taught some uh, some breakout sessions with us around knowing rights and uh, how to advocate on their own behalf. And uh, it was a great turnout. And, um, you know, that's one example of some of the vocal work that I, that I enjoy doing. So it, it sounds like educating. There's a lot of educating there um, of your audience uh, to bring them up to speed with these ideas. And EK, I know the first time I got into this with myself, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe some of our listeners are experiencing this now that uh, mm-hmm. as they're tuning in that, uh, you know, you, it's, you feel uncomfortable when when you first uh, get into these conversations and start to unpack some of this, um, yeah. yeah. Would would you have any, you know, uh, would you have anything to say about that, and maybe how to how you push through it, or how others could move from that uncomfortableness to some understanding and maybe even some action, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jim, that uh, that resonates with me deeply as well. I remember when I was coming into consciousness around ideas of uh, feminism and sexism, I too reached a point where I was beginning to feel uncomfortable as a man. It, it almost seemed as if um, I were personally being blamed for a lot of the imp- uh, oppression that uh, women had suffered and endured and continue to endure. And so I remember a point at which I started to just uh, to push back. But I think what got me through it was when I began to realize that a lot of the challenges that women were confronting, uh, known generally as, you know, patriarchy, uh, had also victimized me. And when I began to see it not as a as an issue outside of me, but one that kind of one that through working on, I would in some ways liberate myself, I was able to get through that. And, and what do I mean by that? I know, um, you know, specific to patriarchy, there's certain expectations and ways of being that men are expected to, uh, to abide by that don't always speak directly to me, you know? Um, I became very interested in the arts, for example when I was coming of age. And that was not always, uh, that wasn't that wasn't part of the box I was supposed to fit inside of. You know, I was supposed to be all about sports. Hmm. Hmm. And, you know, it, and that's that might be considered a relatively low level thing, but it was, uh, it, it spoke to me because I was like, well, these, this binary that society has kind of forced upon us just doesn't work for anybody, man, uh, men or women. And so um, by challenging that, uh, I felt freer. Challenging that, stepping outside that box and reconnecting with, with your humanity, I would think. It, it's very deep when we, we have these conversations with ourselves, with each other, and uh, start to kind of come to some, uh, you, you were used the word consciousness, some uh, critical mm. consciousness around it. Yeah, um, when I use that word, I, I guess the synonym is just awareness. You know, awareness. we can, yeah, we can be operating ac- uh, according to certain codes of conduct and not be aware that we're playing along to a script. And when that script, bec- uh, 
you know, gets gets uh, made to be explicit for us, and we realize, wow, I've been I've been uh, dancing to a tune I, I wasn't aware I was playing. Um, hmm. that, that's a that's a level of consciousness and awareness. So I, you know, it it makes you feel used uh, as a as a tool um, within the system and by the system. Would that be a way to? To kind of generalize it, EK. Um, used used is one way. Yeah. Used is one way. Um, and then the, you know, the flip side is also feeling equipped with a skill set uh, that helps me to identify it whenever it starts to happen and occur, and um, being better able to uh, to decide for myself if this is really, you know, a dance I want to dance or not. So that that skill set, you know, I, you know, you you and I are friends and we have had conversations around this EK and mm-hmm. I'm relatively new on a path to develop that skill set. Um so for some of our listeners who may also be new on that path, what what mm-hmm. would you recommend to try to like uh, I, I know you mentioned for you it was around um, issues of, of sexism that mm-hmm. helped open your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess there's mm-hmm. no like magic. There, there, there's no magic wand we can wave to open our eyes to this, you know. So mm-hmm. how do we start? I guess how do we start? Yeah, um, that's a that's a great question. I was fortunate to come into consciousness around my uh, my early, you know, undergrad university years. So I had the benefit of my peers around me, as well as people who just had spent more time with it. So I could ask questions and I could listen. So I, I would say get into community with other people who are on that journey. That would be the first recommendation. Uh, hmm. From my from my experience, reading, reading has uh, you know given me access to ideas and worlds that I otherwise would have had no access to. So, uh, b- building a community, connecting with others, reading, writing, and getting involved. And I would think our listeners, if they want to develop their skill set and their critical consciousness, a great place to do that uh, would be to attend. Uh, Ed Camp Revolution, uh, which you mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, April first, Columbia High School uh, in uh, in uh, S- S- South Orange Maplewood. There. Um, so, EK, e- e- we've been using a lot of general terms here, you know, um, but we're really talking about uh, we're really talking about um, institutional racism. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to pose the question to you. Uh, does institutional racism exist in our schools? <laughs> um, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the, the term institutional racism, uh, it, it really speaks to a system that produces certain benefits for specific groups of people and you know, if we if we didn't call it racism, if we just looked at these outcomes as being kind of natural, then one would just frankly have to adopt the position that some groups are just 
<laughs> you know, absolutely better than other groups. If there's no other explanation for the consistently, um, one might point to low test scores or college performances of, of certain groups, uh, particularly groups of color. So it, racism is the explanation and um, at an institutional level to explain these outcomes. And yes, it happens. Uh, yes, it's present. Um, and the, the outcomes are the, are the evidence of it. You know, uh, again, we could talk about test scores, uh, graduation rates, college, uh, college completion rates, um, almost every index, unfortunately, you know, you, you find certain groups at the top and certain certain groups at the bottom. So it's certainly at play. So, you know, institutional racism uh, can affect or does affect uh, any social institution, including schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I feel sometimes, E.K., uh, just when I think about these things and and, you know, connect and talk with others, it's easy to feel overwhelmed that it's such a, a, a big, deep problem uh, that, that goes at the very core of a lot of things. Um, you know, how, how, do you, how, how do you stay, I guess, afloat and upbeat so you're able to channel your agency to, to make mm-hmm. some change around it, you know? Um. Wow. In one word, I would just say the, the activism, um, this ed camp that's coming up in April, um, last year's Day of Freedom School, and, and other, uh, other activities that I'm, uh, that I'm engaged in, that's kind of what keeps me afloat, keeps me upbeat, keeps me hopeful. If I weren't actively engaged, um, yeah, I'd... I'd uh, I'd be pretty down myself. Yeah, and 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 it's it's easy to be frustrated be, because it is, you know, it's a subject that we are not. Um, you know, for me, I grew up and I did not have a lot of experience with this, so I don't have a lot of experience mm-hmm. talking about it. So mm-hmm. it's easy to internalize it, and for me, mm-hmm. you know, being a forty-year-old white male, it's it would be easy mm-hmm. to ignore it. Mm-hmm. You know, so once you see these things and you're the blinders are off, uh, you can't unsee it. And, you know, I, th- I think your four um, your, your four pieces there are critical to to reach out to others who, who are like minded and have these conversations and just, you know, jump into a group and have a discussion about it and, and seek out those people. You know, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and then, like you said, reading, you know, try to find, um, you know, it, when, when we talk about reading, how, how do you identify good or, or, or could you actually recommend some mm-hmm. sources to our listeners mm-hmm. maybe who want to get mm-hmm. started and, and check, check, uh, some things out? Okay. Um, that is a, uh, a great question. Well, uh, as I said, I, I had the privilege of being around professors that mm-hmm. knew more than me. So, mm-hmm. they, you know, reading was part of the class requirement. Um, an early book in my uh, formation of consciousness was uh, Asada, Asada Shakur's autobiography. That was very formative for me. Um, 
I love that. It's a, it's a great read. And she's uh, very honest about her own uh, coming into consciousness. Um, Malcolm X's autobiography, I couldn't put it down. That was also very useful for me. Um, a lot of James Baldwin's work uh, hmm. was very helpful for me at the very beginning. Hmm. His, uh, his essays, his short stories especially, he just had this honesty about him. Um, Sonny's Blues would be a, a short story that just spoke to me. After. Oh, wow. I, I read Sonny's Blues in college, uh, and I, I memorized the, the... There's a paragraph about stepping into the deep water mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how, uh, you know, Sonny is going to take the stage with his musician friends and... Mm-hmm. He steps into that deep water and the, the quote that stayed with me, which I haven't thought of in a long time was uh, deep water and drowning are not the same thing. Um, and that, wow, what a, what a story, James Baldwin. And, and they're making a new movie about James Baldwin that uh, a friend of mine sent me a link. Uh, there'll be a movie coming out. Um which mm. which looks pretty good. Mm. So there's been a a new awareness or maybe a heightened awareness uh you know of of his work. So thank you for mentioning mm. at least for me that that really sparked a lot of memory here of Sonny's Blues and James Baldwin. Wow. Yeah, awesome. Was, yeah. Yeah. So uh those are a few of the earliest texts that I remember. Mhm as I was growing. Um, but geez, since then, I've read, uh, read quite a bit. Great. Yeah. So, uh, you know, building a community and connecting, reading, you know, finding some things to expand and writing about it mm-hmm. and getting involved. And, and, and EK, uh, aren't you thinking of doing some writing in the, in the near future? I am actually, uh, something I'd like to do writing for me is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it, it just helped me to process a lot of what I was learning. And now as an educator and now with new experiences with the NJEA and as well as some of the activist work, I feel like I, it's going to be helpful for me to synthesize all of that. Um, and I would love to pursue some writing, uh, perhaps through a blog um, of some sort. But yes, I definitely need to get writing <laughs> okay well uh i i would agree with that we all could do a little more writing including myself and uh we will be watching and uh waiting for that blog ek and uh yes. you know we, we've been talking uh maybe about 20 minutes here and <laughs> at least um i don't know if if i would call this a real deep dive into you know, social justice, uh, institutional racism, but, um, you know, starting the conversation like we are here is, uh, is something. And, uh, I just wanted to ask if you would be willing to come back on the show, maybe in a couple months and do a little follow-up with us to, uh, continue the conversation. Uh, Jim, I'd love to. Jim, I'd love to. So, uh, EKF for listeners. Oh, oh, and great, by the way. Thank you. And uh, if our listeners want to reach out to you, if they have any questions, do you have have an email you'd you'd like to direct them to? Uh, Sure. Um, Direct them to my uh, personal email, actually. Um, That would be my first initial I, my last name, Onyema, 
spelled O-N-Y-E-M-A-0-2 at gmail.com. All right. And N-E-K, anything else that maybe we did mention or uh, anything else you just want to kind of put out there as maybe a, a final mm. word or a final thought here? Uh, sure. Um, you know, it, it's so it's so tough not to to say something about the 45th president right now and um, his just reckless, reckless behavior thus far. And it's only been a matter of days. Um, Donald Trump is, he's an absurdity. And, uh, you know, over the coming weeks and months, there's going to be a lot of resistance to him, which is important. Um, I think the challenge with that resistance is going to be, you know, not getting lost in his outward and explicit, you know, racism and bigotry and xenophobia and and not just responding in a reactive way, but finding a way to still be proactive about ideas uh, about what we want our society to look like. because, you know, responding to him is going to be important, but we're still going to need better ideas uh, to put forth and fight for as well. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that um, the, the, the protests and the, the actions and the activism, it, it, is, it is already begun. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're recording this show. It's after 9 p.m. now on uh, Sunday, January 29th. And the NJA officers... Just put out a statement maybe an hour ago um, condemning religious discrimination. Um, all, pretty much uh, almost, um, you know, kind of cl- closely aligned to what you just said. And, and that I'm sure will be up on the, uh, the website soon. So the, the conversations are starting and, you know, there certainly are. I mean, there's probably a protest any day of the week if you wanted to really get out there and connect. And there's there's just a lot going on right now. So, EK, it's great to have you on the show as someone who's in the the center of all that to to share your thoughts and kind of start this conversation with us around these um, topics that are so timely and and so important. So thanks. Thank you again, Jim, for having me. Jim, you know, I got to say, with everything that's going on these days, both in the state of New Jersey and around the country, and I'll even say globally, it is so, you know, great to have a a forum, to have conversations such as this. Uh, What did you take away from today's uh, interview? I took away that it's a a way uh, I, I, you know, we're starting uh, this conversation on Jersey Educator and uh, just like. A lot of, um, you know, people, like you said, all across the world are, are more aware now and uh, just really starting these conversations and that uncomfortableness that comes with everything that's happening. So I took away that, uh, you know, we, we have a forum here to do that also. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to EK coming back on the show and giving us an update real soon. I'm certainly looking forward to all of that stuff, too. And for anybody out there who's listening to the show for the first time, where can they subscribe to our podcast? Jeff, we are on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher as uh, Jersey Educator. And our listeners can find us on the web at njea.org slash podcast. 
And I certainly recommend everybody check that out. And of course, we hope to see you at a Bolorama near you, right, Jim? Uh, it's bowl, bowl, bolero, bolero uh, near you. Uh, bolero we, near you. We will certainly be there. Until next time, thank you so much for checking out episode number twenty-six of the Jersey Educator Podcast. Until next time, my name is Jeff Bradbury, and my name is Jim Boyce. Encouraging you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions in New Jersey.